Are you worried about the robots taking over your work? I'm being serious here. What does the future of our work look like in the next 10 years time? Will robots be automating so much of our work? What parts of our jobs, our careers, our gigs are going to remain? And what types of work are we going to be able to earn income from that will keep us relevant and connected and ahead of the curve? That's what I want to discuss in today's very insightful episode of Untapped. Welcome to Untapped, a weekly podcast where you can learn, apply and share how to go beyond your human potential to live your best possible life. Join me, Natalie Sisson, on my personal challenges and experiments, including training for triathlons, as well as my interviews with inspiring everyday people who've pushed through their own mental, physical and entrepreneurial boundaries to reach their full potential. So this Friday just gone, I went to a Future of Work workshop when I was up in Auckland, held by the beautiful Sandra Otto. And it was actually about turning your work into a lifelong learning lab. And what I loved is that we discussed the old way of working and the new way of working. So I'm going to cover off on some of those things in today's episode. But first of all, if you haven't really dived into the future of work, I thought I'd share a little bit about what it actually means. So basically, according to Deloitte and to several other large firms like McKinsey, who are doing a lot of research into this, we have some big changes coming our way. And these are impacted by forces of change that are affecting three major dimensions of our work. That's the work itself, who does the work, and where the work is done. And so when you're thinking about this, I realize that being a digital nomad and location independent for the last eight to nine years means that I was actually already acting in this future of work. I had a remote team. I was working from anywhere. I was doing business globally. And predominantly, I was earning income and revenue from coaching, teaching, and offering digital products and solutions. So in many ways, I was already operating in the future of work by adding value and teaching, which are skills that are never going to go away. A robot is never necessarily going to have those human-centered design skills. So that's a big hint at the type of work that you can be doing that's going to be really valuable and is really valuable right now and will remain so in the future. But what you really do need to start considering is what aspects of your job, your career, your freelancing or your business can be taken over by artificial intelligence, robots and automation in general. And that's where a lot of the concern and fear is starting to come through. Because if you think about traditional jobs, factories, a lot of jobs that involve data collection, data entry are going to be automated by machine technology, AI, robots, better systems, better processes. And you know what? In many ways, that is a great thing because I don't necessarily think that humans love standing in a factory line or doing repetitive data work um, when a machine can do it so much more effectively, learn from us and be able to save us doing that so that we can work on more human-centered skills, on work that demands empathy, compassion, and critical thinking that a robot may or may not be able to do in the next 5, 10, or 15 years. And so thinking about the future of work in that way, it really starts to put a lot of importance on what skills do we need to develop, you and I, right now, to remain relevant, to remain important, and to be doing the work that matters in the future. 
So I just thought I'd share a little bit more about what the future of work encompasses. So if we're thinking about work, we're going to be looking at what work can be automated. So robots, cognitive and AI technologies, what work can be done by and with smart machines. And you've already started to see this when you're using your smartphone going, hey, Siri, where can I get this from? I use a great tool called Trint, which does AI-based transcription. So I don't have to use a person or my virtual assistant anymore. I can literally record an audio like this, and then I can just upload it to Trint. And about two minutes later, it will be done for me, thanks to an AI machine technology. And it's not always perfect, but then neither are ones done by humans. So the second thing to think about is the actual workforce. Who can actually do the work? So there's going to be new jobs that are going to come out of the future of work. And I think there's actually going to be more new jobs created than a lot of people think, because the ones that are being automated are going to make way for people to actually do more of hopefully the work they love. And it's also going to open up a whole range of myriad of jobs to deal with the automation. If you think about when Uber started, it actually created a whole new economy of gigs for people who may never have been able to drive a car before and be able to act like a taxi, but kind of do it on their own terms. The same with Airbnb. When they started that, they created a whole new ecosystem and economy for people to be able to earn income from renting out their houses, their rooms, their boats, their castles, whatever. And from that has spawned a whole lot of new services like Airbnb cleaning services and hosting services and all sorts of tools and software that allow you to make your hosting even better. So Every time I feel that jobs are automated or taken over or basically discontinued in some sort of a way, they're consumed into technology or processes or systems or they become obsolete, there's always more jobs and opportunities opening up for us and more ways in which we can use our skills to earn more income. And so the work is going to be done by talent and full-time jobs to manage services, to freelancers, to gig workers and even to crowdsourcing and, and communities. And then the third thing is around the workplace. So as I said, I've worked remotely for what, a decade. I love working from cafes, from planes, from trains, from co-working spaces, you name it, I can pretty much work from anywhere. And the reality is that a lot of organizations and companies who have had workforces based in one place are already starting to experiment with hubs, with working from home, flexi work, different days, etc. But now it's going to become more and more a part of their reality and that they're going to have these sort of floating workforces who are going to be doing work from their laptops, from home offices, from co-working spaces. And in some places they're going to need, you know, security levels that are just well beyond what they currently have. And they're potentially going to need different computers and devices to be able to manage that. And these are all things that organizations are starting to get concerned about, worried about, and thinking ahead on. So there's going to be new ways of collaborating, of teaming, of working with digital reality technologies, and this is going to reshape how we do the work, where we do the work, and in which ways we do the work. So I just kind of wanted to give you that overview because it's a super exciting space and a super interesting I guess, challenge to have. And it's a space in an area that you're going to be hearing a lot more from me about as I start to really understand the implications for us, because it's fascinating. And I think the opportunities for us as entrepreneurs, as freelancers, to collaborate with other people, create businesses, create communities and create 
opportunities to earn income doing what we love, but in different ways than have ever been done before, is massive. So those are just some of the forces that are are changing the way in which we work and the evolution of that. And what I want to come back to today is having a look at how you can tap into the future of work yourself. And then in my next episode, I'm going to talk all about how to monetize your knowledge and skills, because essentially to me, for us individually, that's what I'm most interested in. Yes, I'm interested in how organizations and companies are going to adapt and evolve with future work. But for us personally, this means we can have these amazing portfolio careers where in our lifetime, we will be continually learning and upskilling and changing and morphing and evolving as the workspace and the work actually changes. And I hope you're ready for it because it's going to be all about being adaptive, being open to change and being a lifelong learner. So if that sounds good to you, I want to come back to the workshop that I went to on Friday where Sandra covered off on this new type of organization, this new way of working in a new culture which we need to adopt if we want to stay relevant, if we want to be able to cope with this ever-changing workspace. So I'm going to post the visual of the old way of working to the new way of working into my blog post. So if you want to see that, come across to nataliesisson.com forward slash 021, because this is episode 21 of the Untapped podcast. And I'm just going to read them out to you so that you can understand a little bit better. So in the current way of working, we have this real top-down culture. You know, here's the CEO, there's the board that oversees the CEO, the CEO who oversees their management level, the management who has the mid-managers, the low-level managers, and then, you know, the everyday workers. Within that, there's all these silos and a lot of separations. There's lots of people working on stuff and not necessarily great communication across departments, etc. There's a whole training culture, like you get training on something specific and then that's it. There's a big planning culture, you know, always planning ahead to where they're going. Just lots of plans involved, lots of proposals, lots of signing off on things. There's lots of rules and regulations that people really feel they have to stick by. Is very much about centralized authority. And there's very much leadership is very directive. It's not community driven. It's just this is how we're doing it. You don't really have a say in it, etc. And there's lots of secrecy and protection. So that is how a lot of organizations, companies, businesses run right now. I'd like to think that entrepreneurs and freelancers are much more adaptive than that, but I'm really trying to look at the bigger organizations. Now, the new way of participating in this future of work is it's all about participatory culture. So everybody gets to be part of the decision making and the future of the business and the future of the company and what they're working on. It's all about lifelong learning, not just training for, you know, hey, you need to be better in this particular part of your job. It's about you being curious and doing a lot of self-directed learning. It's about an experimental culture where trying new things is actually valued, where innovating is not just a word that we use, like, oh, try and innovate. It's actually something that's encouraged and a big part of the company or the role that you work in. It's also about trust and freedom, which is amazing. Like, imagine being part of a company or running your business in a way where everybody felt empowered to be able to step up and do great things and do the right work. It's about distributed leadership, so you can have everybody in different parts of the business, your company or the company that you work for, all leading in their areas and and helping others to lead as well. It's about inspiring and supportive leadership, right? Not this top-down stuff. And it's about radical transparency. 
And I've seen more and more people that I work with, either that I'm consulting to, contracting with, and and all the ways that I'm sort of working across some really neat organizations right now because I'm fascinated by them. They're very, very transparent about the numbers, about, you know, what they're actually earning, about how the business is doing, about the things that they're worried about and the things that they're excited about. And it's all about community and connection. So none, none of the silos and separation. It's all about being one part of a big community and family, to be honest. So that's the way in which cultures are changing. And that was what was presented in this beautiful workshop. And it just got me excited because in Spiral, which is a beautiful community of people once again all doing better work together is a really incredible example and I'll talk about them more on the podcast of this amazing way of doing work together that matters and nobody leads and there's no top-down management it's all individuals coming together to work on stuff that is really important a lot of that through voluntary means a lot of them are entrepreneurs freelancers contractors ventures but Somehow they're all volunteering and working on stuff that matters, creating guidelines and handbooks and open sourcing all of this information so that others can learn from it. It's a beautiful and radical way of working. And then how that affects us individually is that everything's going to come from your purpose. So everything is going to be focused around what purpose do you have in this world? What purpose does your work serve? And what purpose do you want to create with what you bring to this world? It's all about being self-directed. It's all about being collectively held with people around you who get you and love you and want you to be, you know, better and more awesome and share your vision for things, share your values. It's again about you being radically transparent, about being led by your passion and potential. So you can see why I'm really excited about this because done right, the future of work is immensely exciting. It's about an egalitarian way of doing things about trusting yourself, about being courageous and about being open to experimentation and feedback and not this whole, you know, these are the rules and this is what we do and this is exactly how we need to work. It's all about, hey, what if we tried this instead? And finally, I think the biggest thing that came through for me during the workshop was that it's about our head, our heart and our hands. And if you remember in my interview with Andrew Leith here on the podcast, he talked about the fact that our brain is actually three parts. It's our mind, it's our heart, and it's our gut. And this is kind of similar in that we need to lead with both our head, our heart, and our hands. And by hands, that means physically embracing and being part of this work, being present, being fully there. And that is how things are going to differ in this future of work model. So one of the exercises that Sandra had us do, and it really was an awesome way of looking at what I currently take my own clients and students through, which is this kind of the four list to freedom, which is around what you don't like doing, what you can't do, and what you shouldn't be doing. So I've always had people draw up this list with four columns, what you don't like doing, what you can't do, and what you shouldn't be doing. And the fourth column is what you love doing, because we often forget what the things are that light us up. We're so busy doing the doing. And so for an example, and I'm happy to share this template with you. In fact, I'll have it for free download over at nataliesisson.com forward slash 021. It's a great tool to use. 
And um, it's just really interesting once you start bullet pointing down, okay, things that I dislike doing. Okay, I really hate admin or I dislike doing accounting or I really hate doing customer service, for example. And then in the things you can't do, it's for example, I'm not a developer, so I can't code currently. I can't speak French. I don't love balancing the books. I love looking at my numbers financially, but I'm not an accountant. So those are all the things I can't do. And then the things you shouldn't be doing would be things like, okay, I probably shouldn't be transcribing my podcast. And that's why I use a service like Trint to get an AI robot to do it for me. Another thing I probably shouldn't be doing is customer service. Not that I don't love speaking to my community, but when it comes to, hey, this person needs this thing updating in an email list, probably not where I should be spending my time when I could be teaching and educating and coaching. And then in the love to do, well, that should just be filled with all the things that you love doing, right? But the different take that Sandra used in this was imagine just drawing up a quadrant with the vertical line and arrow at the top being interest, so what you're interested in, and to the right on the horizontal line being competency. So you get to fill out basically words in there and areas that interest you but maybe you're not particularly competent in, through to things that you're very competent in, but maybe you're not actually that interested in, through to the top right-hand quadrant is what you're very interested in, what you're very competent in. And realistically, this should be your bread and butter. This should be where you're focusing your learning, where you want to acquire more skills, where you want to master the skills that you already have, and what you ultimately want to be building your career and business around. Some of the ones that I had in there were learning. I mean, you can't necessarily get paid to learn, but the more I learn and the more I'm able to teach, that's where I can actually get paid to do that through courses and workshops and retreats. I love writing, and that's definitely something that I have done with my two books and am writing another book, speaking, business coaching. I love teaching, and I love leading people to tap into their potential. But interestingly, on the competency side, there are some things that I'm actually really good at and have honed those skills over years, but I'm not as interested in. And the beautiful thing about that, like when I wrote out all these words on this matrix, is what Sandra said is that the top right-hand quadrant, what you are interested in and competent in, is actually what you're an expert in. The things that you're interested in but not that competent in are the things that you should be learning to get better in. And then that right-hand bottom quadrant, the things that you're very competent in but you're not actually that interested in anymore, let's say you might have been doing them for five or ten years and you simply want to change, those are perfect things for you to mentor people in. And I just really loved this because this is kind of the future of work in a circular nature. Even if you have tired of something but you're really good at it, how can you help impact somebody else's life by teaching them, mentoring them or advising them without actually having to do that work anymore. And then you can start to see it's this beautiful sort of continuous circle of lifelong learning. And often in the past, there've been things that I've done really well, but I've just kind of gotten a bit sick of doing them. And then I've come around in this big circle to teach people and come back to actually being refreshed and excited about them and upskilling in them. So that is a really pretty cool matrix where you can see where you need to be or want to be learning, where you're already an expert or very knowledgeable and can actually form some of your income streams out of creating offerings, products and services in that area and where you could potentially be a mentor or an advisor. And so I will put more details in about the Future of Work Collective where a lot of this is being formed and a lot of these ideas about the new way of working in a cultural fit and also as an individual are coming from. But I hope this has been some really, really good food for thought for you because 
a big thing that came out of the workshop is that learning is just going to be paramount to all of us remaining relevant and excited about the future of work and being able to take on opportunities for doing work that we love and getting paid for it. And that there's going to have to be a certain amount of planning to stay relevant, but also an ability to be agile so that you can move and evolve and adapt quite quickly. And then there's going to be a need to be structured in some of what you're doing and build up those skills, but then also have that freedom to play around and experiment. So for me, I realize that my current learning opportunity is to better my skills as a teacher, as a learning designer and a business coach. And I wrote down the way in which I do this would be through collaborative courses with other experts, through having some great mentors in my life, which I really haven't had enough of through taking on a world-class coach, and I have somebody in mind who I've already reached out to on that, to being part of a network or organization like Entrepreneurs Organization or Women Entrepreneurs where you have a really strong network of amazing people around you and also to reinstigate a couple of masterminds that I'm in and part of. So that was my learning opportunity and then the actual actions that I wanted to take in order to be able to do that. And then I went through and actually outlined, you know, what can I do next to make that happen. And then we went through some really awesome tools that are being used in this future of work around decentralized organizations, around self-organizing. And one of those tools was the 15%. And that is of those things that you've identified from that sort of competency and interest matrix. What are one to two things that you can do tomorrow to move this forward. So what's the next 15% of your move look like, if that makes sense? And you know when you often go to a workshop or a learning and you get all inspired or maybe you've gone to an event for the day and you're all inspired and you write down all these notes and then the next day you're like, oh, shoot, you know, what should I, what am I going to do now? Like, I, I don't know where to start. But what I really liked about this was at the end of the workshop, we said, all right, let's look at the 15% rule. I don't know if rule's the right word for it, but basically let's look at the 15% scenario, which is what can you do tomorrow that is going to get you 15% of the way towards making this happen. And so I identified two easy things that I could do, which was to contact the coach in question that I am really interested in working with, which I did, and then to make a short list of human performance, high performance certifications, trainings to allow me to be a better coach and to be able to move into this future of work realm in which I want to position myself as an expert. So I hope that's been some good food for thought for you today. I'm going to be talking, as I said, a lot more about the future of work and some of the opportunities that you have to monetize yourself and your current skills, but also to look ahead to see where your opportunities are going to be, which is really exciting. So if you've enjoyed this, please rate and review this podcast. Just head across to iTunes or Stitcher. And if you can see it right there in your browser, please just say, hey, you know what? I'm enjoying listening to the Untapped podcast because and then just let it rip. It really means a lot to me if you are open to doing that. And if you want to support this podcast with a cup of coffee for the work and the research they put in behind it and keep it advert free, then please head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash love and feel free to donate to my press patron campaign. It's a little bit like Patreon, but better and cooler. And it's a New Zealand startup that I'm supporting. So um, I would really appreciate that. All donations received goes towards my paying my podcast editor to doing the research to actually publish and producing this podcast so it is all appreciated and as I said it allows me to keep it ad free and if you think about it it's one of the ways of the future work of being able to put your skills and knowledge to use and looking at different ways of being able to be paid to do what you love so there you go 
As I said, come across and uh, tap the episode description on whichever player you're listening to this in and you should be able to come across to the blog post where I will link to some of the diagrams that I talked about around this new culture versus the old culture and also link through to some more of the work around the Future of Work Collective. Plus, my full list to freedom will be available for you to download from that post. I am off to learn more about the opportunities in the future of work. You've been listening to the Untapped Podcast. Here's to tapping into your potential and having a fantastic week.